0: welcome to rhode island's church and state podcast i'm david and
1: i'm jessica we're a husband and wife podcast he's a pastor and i'm a state senator so you've been warned we're about to talk politics and religion
0: and anything else that might get us canceled welcome back everybody to church and state i'm david i'm joined by my wife jessica state senator for uh boroughville gloucester and north smithfield and uh, today we're gonna talk about a uh, uh, some of the controversy that's stirring Zamborona Hospital and the Eleanor Slater Hospital system. Uh, this is something Jessica has been paying close attention to. And uh, Jess, just give us uh, an idea. Recently, there's been a big shakeup in leadership there. And um, uh, we don't have to get into the names of everyone, but just how high up are some of the uh, th- these new staffing changes?
1: Some of the staffing changes have come about because Individuals have decided to step down while others uh, their positions are being uh, reevaluated to truly really assess whether or not they're the right fit for the organization, because some of them um, have actually come to light that they have no hospital experience whatsoever, mm. although they have plenty of corporate experience, but not necessarily in a hospital setting, which is really vital for the position. Right, yeah.
0: because you uh, you want to be familiar with uh, uh, not just how to lead an administration, but there's the nuances and the, the the details related to a hospital, the accreditation issues. And all of that has come into higher scrutiny over the last few months because their accreditation has come into jeopardy, mm-hmm. meaning they we could potentially lose um, millions of dollars in federal money if, if we're not compliant. And it's all because a lot of this stuff just fell through the cracks And it doesn't seem like some of the leaders or the administrators were fully aware of some of these responsibilities or they, they they turn a blind eye to them.
1: Yeah. And we're already losing about a hundred million dollars until the hospital comes into compliance. So we're losing a lot.
0: All right. So we recently had this, uh, this report come out and there's some good news and bad news related to Eleanor Slater hospital, uh, system, especially Zambrano hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, seems to have been, you know, really in a quagmire, lots of controversy, lots of negativity with the hospital. But this is something you've been working on a lot, especially in oversight, and uh, because it is in your your district, and you don't just look at these as patients or residents, but really um, your own constituents. These are these these are people that vote for you or support you or maybe vote against you, mm-hmm. but they are you know uh, actual citizens and residents. So let, let's start by talking about the team that came into the hospital uh, very briefly. This was not an internal report. This was actually done by outsiders. So what kind of people are we talking about?
1: Sure. The two organizations were Care New England and the Hospital Association of Rhode Island. And um, they, it was more like a peer review. It wasn't um, an outside review. It was kind of like, you know, um, fellow doctors coming in to assess. Uh, That's the best example I can give.
0: Yeah. Okay. When I was reading the mm -hmm. report, it said they were quote experienced clinicians and administrative leaders, but they made it clear that this is not a formal hospital assessment or reviewing body or Mm -hmm. accreditation body, but like you said, just peers.
1: Yeah. In fact, they I think they spent um, maybe a page and a half just explaining how like this is not uh -hmm. anything you know uh this is just a peer review they did not want to mislead people okay
0: that's good and then uh this was really just conducted a little over a month ago back in june um Mm -hmm. with a little bit of follow-up but site visits they spent time with the patients the residents the workers uh the the staff uh so what are some of the discoveries walk us through them
1: wow there's so many discoveries and i think you know just to boil it down it's Mm -hmm. really been the issues that we've been harping on this this for months and months and months which are the the patients are well cared for um you know when i talk to patient advocates and i talk to parents and family members they only have good things to say about the care at zambrano Hmm. um they i hear that they're treated like family and that there's a low turnover rate of employees and so they know the patients really well, like mm-hmm. family. Yeah, and that was and that goes back to even your report. family.
0: Yeah, we were spending time with your uncle and your aunt, and your uncle had a brother there, mm-hmm. and uh, your uncle was saying, "Oh, they, they were great. They loved my brother. They cared for him. They they treated him like family." So it was really something just to hear firsthand how some of the families um, have have really appreciated, especially those nurses that are coming in direct contact with the uh, with, yeah. with the residents there.
1: So I was I, I was really young like about 12 years old or so. And so the fact that people remember mm. Eddie mm-hmm. as Zambrano yeah is amazing. It goes to show you, you know, I'm going to be this celebrating my 40th birthday this year. Wow. And the fact that there are still employees there—I can't believe you just know, announced that I know. to people. Normally, I figure it's like public data now. It's yeah. like, it's not a state secret, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. I there are some were. things you
0: can't hide from people when you're yeah. a state senator. Exactly, your age you is one go of into them. Wikipedia I'm rolling and my eyes.
1: <laughs> I wish I could. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so the fact that there are employees there, and not just one or two, but several employees, are like, oh yeah, oh my goodness, yeah, mm. we remember Eddie and um, his roommate, you know still living he's still there and so it was really cool to see yeah
0: when i was looking at the report they even detailed how the skin care was it's obviously something very important with residents that have to be turned over in their beds you know many of them are bed bound or Mm -hmm. physically they're they're they're, uh, incapacitated but to see how they um there weren't any um uh, you know, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Any negative bed sores, yeah, or, bed sores. Yeah. Any negative reports in that mm-hmm. in that um, realm? That yeah. was a good sign
1: because they were so they require total care, and these, so the as you said, these patients require two or three individuals, and so what happens is the there are no there's no other facility in the state that can care for these individuals. They're um, they're immobile. You know, it could be um, a car accident, spinal cord accident, a gunshot wound. It's something that um, just completely takes away their ability to be autonomous. So, okay. um, these individuals are cared for by two or three individuals. And that, that level of care is not found somewhere else, like a nursing home, because mm. a nursing home, I'm not, you know, knocking nursing homes, but right. a lot of these places are profit driven. And so it's not profitable for them to have two to three individuals caring for one person. Right.
0: Okay. And, uh, that seems to be another one of those issues that, um, caught your attention that the there seemed to be a push, uh, before it was publicly revealed, you were starting to sense there was this push to close the hospital by, by just exiting the patients, sending them out, try to discharge them and find another place for them. Mm -hmm. And, uh, one thing that this report made clear is that Zamborona hospital is essential, that it is a critical, um, a a, a critically important, uh, care center and, uh, in residence for these people. Yeah.
1: Some of the administrators were accusing myself and other individuals. I mean, they didn't come outright and say me, but they were accusing that there were legislators who were making this an emotional issue and that, Hmm. um, these patients needed to be discharged. And, you know, I, I've seen firsthand what, what kind of, patient lives at Zamborano what kind of resident, Rhode Island resident lives there. You know, they're not the type to be walking around in a nursing home. They are...
0: This is the, you know, shelter of last resort. Exactly. This is the only facility... Hospital of last resort, ...in the yeah. entire state that can do this. There's no nursing home, there's no other center that can do this. So, yeah. it really is unique and I think that's one reason why you've been such a fierce and strong advocate. Yeah. Not just for the hospital's existence, but to see it improved. And to see the um, the uh, facility and the the management of the hospital really see a turnaround, and
1: that's what the and that's what the report said mm-hmm. was that it, contrary to what the administrators were saying that the legislature was blowing it out of proportion, um, the report um, uh, validated our 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 findings mm-hmm. in oversight and and our visits to the facility. That this is a, a last resort hospital. So okay. moving so what, right along. Yeah.
0: So what are some of the um, areas of concern? It wasn't all good. Um, what were some of the areas that the report and this team highlighted as as areas that they that the uh, state needs to pay attention to?
1: Um, they cited leadership, um, lack of trust in in the leadership, and it all starts from the top. If you if you don't have the confidence of the people working under you. There's already going to be some friction, and that's definitely going to um, be detrimental to patient care.
0: And there's been new leadership there. Um, you were part of the the, um, the process of vetting and then approving this new hospital administrator, right. Who has only been in the job now for a little over a month, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and uh, and since he's been in, there's been additional shakeups where other people have been resigning and mm-hmm. being brought in and brought on onto onto staff. Um, what's your take on him? Has he been accessible to you? And, um, has he been receptive to some of the the criticisms? Does he seem to be aware of the the gravity of what's ahead of him in the, in the hospital?
1: I think he's very aware of the gravity and I think he's coming in, you know, walking into a, a burning building, you mm. know, and trying to save it. Yeah. So I know that he's aware of the issues and anytime that I've called him, he's always taken my call. So, um i'm cautiously optimistic that's my my term cautiously optimistic to see what happens with the hospital because i think that this report is important um it, it shows the governor that you know the legislature wasn't like crying wolf right say you know and you know back to your other point when when we were kind of sounding the alarm that the hospital was on its path to closure and the then governor raimondo had said no absolutely not we're not closing the hospital but then come to find out there's a report that uh she's had been following um uh, that had just recommended that they close the hospital so
0: which is i mean that was the most upsetting thing i know you were enraged by it but you felt uh validated because you had been seeing all the signs i mean there was smoke and she was saying there's no fire here but you were just seeing you know patients being discharged you were hearing what was happening in the hospital mm-hmm. from some of the patients and the the uh, the, the, the residents and the uh, staffers so you just knew that there's some effort that you know the administration was not being completely uh, open and honest with you and you um you you kept digging and others uh, joined you in that effort Uh, Now, is there anything else about Zamburano you want to highlight or do you want to talk about any of the other um, hospitals in this uh, system?
1: Yeah. So for Zamburano, we don't have uh, electronic um, uh, records, which is a problem because if you do want to discharge patients, you need to be able to chart their uh, progress and Mm. you need to be able to share that information with the uh, facility that's going to be receiving the individual. but also continuity care. It's really important that you we have all this information in one spot and that anyone can access it. So um, that's something that we've been talking about and hopefully we'll be able to implement this coming year. That's something,
0: you know, in the report it did say they got high marks for just having great uh, a great paper record-keeping, filing, yeah. record-keeping mm-hmm. system. But I was thinking, man, paper, like this is the twenty. 20- 20s i mean we we should be well beyond that and i've known other people that have worked in other departments of the the state uh, state government and um, they share the same thing that our state continues to use these antiquated systems that go back to like the 70s or mm-hmm. 80s and, and yeah. you know 90s uh there's got to be some sort of a overhaul where we start to get away from some of this because it's not I mean, it's, it's getting the job done, but it's not efficient. And Mm -hmm. to your point, it doesn't make it easy to, um, to share information with other hospitals when a, when a patient or resident is being discharged or moved somewhere else.
1: And when the federal government had already told the state of Rhode Island prior to my being a Senator that we needed to implement electronic records or that we were going to be penalized. Um, and so here we are. Still, mm. no medical records, electronic medical records, and we've had plenty of opportunity to implement that system, but we haven't. Mm. Um, the other issue, obviously, is the the just the grounds and the building. Mm-hmm. So the exterior of the building looks great. So much work has been done to it. Um, but the report, the there was a JCO report, a joint accreditation report, said that as they were driving up the day of their uh, review, they found a patient stuck on the um
0: on the parking lot on the right? parking lot yeah. just
1: like as they were entering in their vehicle mm-hmm. the patient was trying to make it down Was it like, got stuck was, in was a
0: pothole it, oh a pothole
1: okay. was like kind of tipped over mm-hmm. was about to fall over and there was a person trying to keep them upright so they had to get out of their car assist this individual yeah to get this person and this, to safety this was the
0: visiting team that yes, was actually to
1: assess the hospital <laughs> so
0: literally they're pulling up and finding all you know this patient ready to tip over in the parking right. lot right so unbelievable
1: and you had said one time you went to visit Zambrano because sometimes they had like family days and mm-hmm. I bring the kids like for Halloween or summertime yeah. or whatever. And, um, the ramp, the handicap ramp is, yeah. is shut, yep. shut down. And it's, uh, literally crumbling to pieces. Mm-hmm. And you said to me, this is a hospital. Yeah. doesn't even have a real handicap ramp. There's like, how yeah. do patients get in and out? So there are serious, um, uh, lig- ligature risks with both hospitals.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, What do you mean by that, both hospitals? We've been talking about Zambrano. Yeah, so we've been
1: talking about Zambrano, but Eleanor Slater is a a system of hospitals. Zambrano is in Burgo, but all of the hospitals in the system require um,
0: work. Regular maintenance and upkeep. Okay. Do you want to uh, pivot now and start talking about some of these other hospitals?
1: Well we can, but... um,
0: Maybe just give us the broad strokes. Are are there any... You know, things to be concerned about that maybe people aren't aware of when it comes to some of these other hospital uh, units. I know Zamborano tends to work more with those uh, physically um, uh, handicapped. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if I'm using the right terms here. Forgive me if I'm not. I'm, I'm not a doctor. Uh, but then the, um, The other hospital in Cranston tends to work with people who are more psychiatric. um, Yeah, psychiatric Mm -hmm. care. They they uh, have more of a mental disability or mental handicap.
1: Sure.
0: Um, Was there anything worth highlighting, or uh, anything that you think maybe people need to know about?
1: They were very similar issues. Yeah, with with leadership and with uh, ligature risk. And when I say ligature, it's like risk to the patient, you know. Uh-huh. Like for example, if you're in a psychiatric ward and you have something hanging from the ceiling, well, that person, if they're suicidal, could use that um hanging fixture to you I know, see. hang sure. themselves. And sure. and so when I say ligature risk, it means risk to the patient. Okay. Yeah. But really it's If it if the problem was in Zambrano in some uh, form or fashion was, was the same thing with, uh, with the Cranston campus. Mm -hmm. Yeah. As far as leadership and, and, um, the state of the building and even the lack of, um, cohesion as a team.
0: Okay. Uh, is there uh, anything else that we, we want to highlight about this hospital, um, any news that you think is coming around in the corner? What's the status? Uh, I've been wondering, what's the status of that accreditation issue? Um, there was that report uh, or that announcement that the, um, the hospital was in danger and they were given a certain period of time to work on remedying some of those issues mm-hmm. to, so that we wouldn't lose the accreditation. Uh, has that been rectified? Are they already in a process of, of working that out?
1: They're in the process of working it out. And I just read on the province Journal put out a report that they're coming back, the Chaco, the accreditation. Um, they are coming back in August. And uh, I, I think what's going to happen is that, you know, I can't say if we'll, we'll, we'll regain accreditation or not or, or stay on the path to accreditation. Um, but I think what will happen is the facilities will obviously have some improvements, mm-hmm. and there'll be like a plan of action, right? So that the, that accreditation, um, to the Jaco, can come back and reevaluate and reassess, right? And see if there'll so probably
0: could... be some short-term things that they've been able to exactly, work on in yeah. the last, you know, over the last month or so, and then there'll be this yeah, longer example, term. Like, listen, by September we're going to start doing this, and by mm-hmm. October, gotcha. Yeah, okay, so yeah. benchmarks.
1: Yeah. There's some, you know, the that, that exterior of the building, like the handicap ramp, that's probably something that could be done really quickly. But when we're talking about, um, you know, repairing the interior of the building, that's mm-hmm. going to take... An architect and some builders and just a lot of planning
0: and there are different standards you know this isn't just a building or an office building this really is a resident it's a hospital, it's a hospital. Um, yeah. there's oxygen that's mm-hmm. flowing through the hospital there's all kinds of different things that uh, you and i might not even be aware of but as a right. as hospital hospital administrators who are looking into this i'm sure they're uh, uh they're, they're looking at those standards
1: well, I had lots of notes, but when uh, I was going through it and listening to some of the questions that you had, I realized that um, my I may be going too in-depth. And for those <laughs> individuals who are just kind of getting um, a, a, kind of just like a, an understanding of what's happening at the hospital. So yeah. I, you know, your questions are what people are probably thinking and asking themselves.
0: Well, if there was uh, one thing you want to leave with people about Zambrana Hospital, what would it be?
1: It would be a Zamborano is vital to Rhode Island. It provides vital care for individuals that can just can't get this care anywhere else. And we don't have to close Zamborano, but we do have to follow federal guidelines. And, um, and that way we can help the state and help the individuals at Zamborano. Right.
0: You almost sound like you're a lobbyist for Zamborano Hospital because you're. I kind of am though because so I'm much. I'm their senator. But center. you get paid nothing. You're not. You know. You get no endorsements from the hospital. Yeah. Um. You're you're just a strong advocate for the residents there. Uh, obviously, this is in your backyard, yeah. so it's something that you've been learning about, and and it's your um your your family has a, t- a connection there too.
1: Yeah. So both of those things are. Uh, because I am the Senator for the region, but also I've seen firsthand the work that, that Zambrano has done. Yeah, so anyways, thanks for joining us. I hope that was um, helpful to you to understand a little bit of what's happening at Zambrano and um, keep, uh, keep listening because we'll have more updates as uh, time goes on.
0: Dr. Ben Carson said, we should be concerned not only about the health of individual patients, but also the health of our entire society.
1: Thanks again for listening.
0: And if you've enjoyed this podcast, help us by subscribing and sharing these episodes.
1: And for more content, check out churchandstateri.com.